The text for our study today is taken from the, the book of Luke, Luke chapter 11, verse 29 to 36. But first, let's take a quick look at this book, Luke. Luke is written by Luke, yeah, a doctor. The only Gentile among the Jews who wrote the biggest part of the New Testament. And in fact, this book can be divided into two parts. Chapter 1 to 18, seek the lost. Chapter 19 to 24, save the lost. In fact, many scholars state that the key verse of this book, Luke, can be found in Luke chapter 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man refers to Jesus, came to seek and save the lost. In seeking the lost, Jesus addressed a group of people who needed to take heed of a danger that they may not be aware of. The danger where the light in them is darkness. That brings us to the story today from Luke chapter 11. The setting began where Jesus cast out a demon and then he was accused that he did it with the power of the devil. Some of them then asked him for a sign you know, from heaven to prove himself. Knowing that evil intention, Jesus explained to them what they did or what he did was not from the evil one, but from God. Jesus then concluded by saying, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Hear the word of God and keep it. Then Jesus addressed those who asked for a sign and reminded them of two men in the Old Testament, Jonah and Solomon, and warned them to take heed of what he was about to say. And that brings us to the text today. Luke chapter 11, verse 29 to 36. Allow me to just read to you. When the crowds were increasing, he began to say, This generation is an evil generation. It seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it, except the sign of Jonah. For as Jonah became a sign to the people of Nelive, so will the Son of Man, refers to Jesus, be to this generation. The Queen of the South will rise up at the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, something greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment of this generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, something greater than Jonah is here. No one after lighting a lamp put it in a cellar and um, un under a basket but on a stand so that those who enter can see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body and when your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad, your whole body is full of darkness. Therefore, be careful. Be careful lest the light in you be darkness. And then your whole body is full of light. Having no part dark, it will be wholly bright as when a lamb with a rays that gives you light. The Lord bless the reading of His Word. Jesus warned the people, be careful. Be careful. Be careful lest the light, of, the light in you be darkness. They saw with their physical eyes where Jesus cast out the demon, yet they said, that is of the devil. When Jesus healed the sick on Sabbath, He said, oh, He's breaking the laws. When Jesus forgives sin, the people say, Bless to me. How can they be so 
blinded. Unless the light in them has become darkness. Can this happen to us? Why not? What can we do about it? How can we prevent this from happening? I believe there are two questions, at least two questions that can help us or remind us not to let this happen to us. And that brings us to the first question for today. What are you seeking after? What are you seeking after? A story was told of an employee who has been stealing from his company. Uh, for a few nights, he could not sleep well, you know, for the law convicted him. So he confessed to his wife and repented. The next day, he came home. The wife asked him, how is it? You know, he replied, oh, I quietly returned all the stationery, you know, to the company. The wife said, honey, I'm so proud of you. But why do you still look so troubled? The man then replied, I'm thinking if I still cannot sleep tonight, tomorrow I'll return the money. Was this man seeking for peace or to please God? What are you seeking after? After seeing the miracle, some of them still ask Jesus for the sign from heaven. Verse 29 says, the crowd were increasing. Jesus was not impressed with the increase in number. And he called this generation an evil generation. I mean, nothing wrong with numbers or more. But the question is, what kind? Verse 9, 16 then tells us, in the midst were those kind who came to test Jesus. They asked for a sign and Jesus said, no sign, no sign except the sign of Jonah. What's that? Or who's Jonah? For those who are not familiar with the story of Jonah, let me tell you a story in two minutes. God asked Jonah to go to a wicked city, Nelive, to ask them to turn away from their sin. But Jonah was not willing. So he boarded a ship you know, and turned away and ran away from God. On the ship, God sent a storm. And knowing that Jonah was responsible for the storm, the sailors threw Jonah out of the ship and then God sent a fish to swallow him up. And the fish, you know, Jonah turned to God. Three days later, the fish vomited uh, Jonah out. God then gave Jonah the same message. By this time, you know, and this time Jonah went to Nineveh to preach to them, and the whole city, whole city turned to God and was saved. The end. Okay, not the end of the message, but the end of the story. That is Jonah. Now, scholars believe that the sign in Luke chapter 11 refers to the three days where Jonah was in the belly of the fish and he survived. With that, the only sign that will be given could be when Jesus died on the cross, buried, and three days later, resurrected. Now, the Ninevites took heed of the message and was saved. But at that point of time, sadly, not many of the Jews believed in Jesus. Why? Because that was not what they were seeking after. Jesus continued to tell them another story where the Queen of the South came to seek the wisdom of King Solomon, the wisest king of Israel. The king came all the way from a far away land. She did not ask for a sign, but when she heard and saw what God did in the life of Solomon, she believed. Yet Jesus, who is wiser than Solomon, cast out a demon, explained so clearly to them, standing before them, they did not believe. Jesus then said, Behold, two times, behold. Behold a wisdom that is greater 
than the wisdom of Solomon. Behold, a sign that is greater than the sign of Jonah. Behold, for both such sign and wisdom can be found in Jesus and Jesus alone. They were seeking for a sign and missed the Savior. They were seeking for a miracle but missed the Messiah. They were seeking for the wisdom of this world and missed the wisdom of God, our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, why? Because the light in them is darkness. The Message Bible put it this way. Everyone is looking for proof, but you're looking for the wrong kind. In other words, the people were seeking after the wrong sign. So, brothers and sisters, how about us? What are you seeking after? Are you seeking after something and miss the Saviour? Two young adult stripes just finished their 24 hours prayer chain. And one of the leaders asked, you know, what can we pray? Very good and practical question, so I sent them some prayer pointers. However, I encouraged um, the leaders to focus more on keeping company with God. In other words, don't just come to God to ask for something, but come to God for God. Nothing wrong in asking God. We should and we did. But there must be something more than this. For what we seek matters to God. Do we seek God or just what God can give us? I began to this message quoting, The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Jesus came to seek us. Sadly, not all seek to seek after Jesus. Even for the Jews then, Jesus was standing right before them, but they failed to recognize the God whom they had been worshipping. In fact, I believe Jesus intentionally chose Jonah and Solomon as examples. After all, there's so many characters in the Bible, in the Old Testament. Why these two men? I believe because both the Nelivites and the Queen of the South were not God's chosen people. Yet, they turned their hearts to God. But God's people standing before Jesus, His chosen people, chose to reject Him. Don't miss this, my brothers and sisters. How about that? What are you seeking after for the next promotion, for the next increment, for the next project, for the next relationship? What are you seeking after? Is it what God can do for us than what God wants to do in and through us? Again, there's nothing wrong in asking God to help us. In fact, God encourages us to do that. Luke chapter 11 begins with this. He says, For everyone who asks, receive. The one who seeks, find. To the one who knocks, will be open. What father among you, if the son asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If then you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So ask Him. Ask God. Yes, our Heavenly Father will give us what we need, but on top of that, He will give us the Holy Spirit to guide us and what to ask. In also into this relationship we have with God. So brothers and sisters, what are you seeking after? A question that we should ask ourselves regularly so that we'll be careful not to let the light in us become darkness. That when God acts 
on our behalf, we, will not, we can say that this is of God, this is not of the devil, or vice versa. So church, seek God. It's not all, not really. Jesus continued to give us an important message that brings us to the next question that we should ask ourselves, and that is, what are you focusing on? We can say that we our focus is on Jesus, but when the rubber meets the road, this might not be the case. The story was told of a man who went to heaven. An angel was at the gate. So this man asked uh, the angel, can I go in? And the angel said, yes. If you know how to spell the word Jesus, the man spelled J-E-S-U-S. You are in. It was then the angel said, sorry, can you help me to just um, do my duty for a while? You know, I need to go somewhere. And if anyone comes, just ask the same question. If they got it right, just let them in. Oh, that's easy. He, he replied and the angel left. One after the other, one after the other, so far so good. Until he saw this man coming, his neighbour. Oh, I don't like this guy. Always give me problem. You know, and then when the angel, not the angel, when the, the neighbour saw him, he said, I didn't expect you to be here. So can I go in? Sure. If you know how to spell anti-distribution Those online, you can check it out. How many of you know how to spell this word? I also don't know. <laughs> the story is not in the Bible, but isn't it true in life that we have the modern answers? We are so good as Singaporeans trained to give modern answers. Who is the Lord? Jesus. Who is the best? Jesus. Who is the King? Jesus. But deep inside our hearts, Jesus may not always be sitting on the throne. What's the problem? Jesus used a metaphor of a lamb to help us to better understand. He's saying, no one light a lamb and put it in the cellar or basket. A cellar is often translated as a secret place or a hidden place. A basket is a basket, right? So, to, to, to light up a lamb is intentional, but to put it under a basket or in a secret place where people cannot see makes no sense. So to the hearers, they knew that no one in their right mind would do that. Instead, they would put it on the lampstand so that others can benefit from it. Now the lamb here in Greek is this word, luknos. It is not those that you hang on the wall or those uh, on the standing lamb, but it's like a portable lamb that looks something like this. And in Greek, the author's focus is often presented by the kind of verbs or tenses that they use, those in yellow. In verse 33, the focus, therefore, is not the lighting of the lamp, but where you put it. And the verb, Enter is better translated as entering or journeying into, meaning where you put your lamb is the key. Where you put your lamb is the key. And those who are interested to find out more or those wanting to enter into the kingdom of God might see the light. That's this, that is what Jesus was trying to say. And church, don't hide it. Put our light at the right place at the right time and shine for Jesus. We all know that this is not always the case. 
Remember, after Jesus cast out the demon, instead of saying, Whoa, this man must be the Son of God, the Messiah. Hallelujah. The people did not. Rather, they accused Jesus, He's of the devil. They literally blew the light out. Darkness came upon them. Jesus continued to say, I is the lamb of your body. A figure of speech where he used to, he used to compare two kinds of eye. One is healthy and one is bad. The result of a healthy eye is that the body will be full of light. But the bad eyes result in a body that's full of darkness. What does it mean to have a healthy eye? Is it one that is good that you can see and one that is bad that you cannot see? Now, by now, we should know that Jesus was not talking about a physical eye or a physical body, but something spiritual. The word healthy, please, in Greek, has the idea of singer or simple. Kim James Version put it beautifully, saying, the light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when thy eye is single, thy whole body is full of light. But when your eye is evil, thy body also is full of darkness. What is a single eye? What is a simple eye? Let me give you an example to illustrate. You're working in this company. Your boss was promoted recently and it was it is either you or your colleagues will take over his job, but you were not selected. Your friend became your boss. You came for the celebration. You look at your friend with a single eye, knowing that the promotions comes only from God, which result in you rejoicing in you, full of light. If your eye is evil, looking at the same colleague, same promotion, same celebration, but inside is anger, bitterness, even scheming and thinking, how can I sabotage my friend so that he might even lose his job? And then you can take over. Outside, people thought, oh, you came, you must be so happy for your friend. But deep inside, it is full of darkness. So therefore, take heed, take heed. Your eye is a lamp of your body. If your eye is healthy, single, simple, which is what is inside and outside is the same, single, and your body is full of light. But when your eye is bad, your body is full of darkness. Therefore, take it, be careful, lest the light in you be darkness. You get the idea? How do I know that this is, this is what Jesus is talking about? Remember, people asked for the sign, pretending that they were hungry you know, to see what God was about to do. We want to know. Give us a sign, Jesus. Give us a sign. Verse 16 tells us that they were trying to test Jesus. What they say outside and inside are different. Verse 17 then said, knowing their thoughts, in other words, Jesus saw what was inside and warned them. Careful. Be careful lest the light in you be darkness. 
Now, how can we prevent ourselves from falling into this? The answer is given right here. Cultivate a single and a simple mind. I. Now, living a Christian life is not so complicated. Really. Love God, love people. Oh, you got a new car. Praise the Lord. I'm happy for you. You're promoted. Let's go for celebration. But you treat me. You, 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 you need help. Please let me help you with no other agenda. With no other agenda but sincerely hoping and wanting to help others to succeed. To do what is the most loving and best thing you can do for that person. Keep it simple. With regards to this, Paul shared with the Corinthians of his fear in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3, saying, I'm afraid. I'm afraid that Satan, the serpent, deceived Eve by his craftiness. Your mind will be led astray from the simplicity and the purity of your devotion to Christ. How can we have this single eye? Ask yourself this question. What are you focusing on? Is it focusing on Jesus or what and what He desires to do in us and through us? Nothing more, nothing less. Or bad eyes that look at God and at the same time looking at the world. No wonder one can be led astray from the simplicity and the purity of his devotion to God. So what are you focusing on, brothers and sisters? Keep your eye single on God. Jesus then end, ended his conversation with this beautiful note in verse 36. He said, Now if then your whole eye, whole, whole body is full of light, having no part dark, you will be wholly bright. And when the Lamb with His ray gives you light, when Jesus gives us light, whole body will light up with the light of Christ. Not just for ourselves, but for those who are entering, those who want to get to know Jesus, may also see the light. As I was preparing this message, I thought of a man who has impacted my life. I do not know him personally, but his teaching and his life have inspired me. And this man is Prof. Howard Hendricks. Howard Hendricks was an excellent Bible teacher in Dallas Theological Seminary. He has faithfully taught more than 10,000 students God's Word for more than 60 years. Talking about a single eye, this godly man lost his right eye to cancer. Yet he continued to teach God's Word faithfully. There was once he was preaching, he fell from the platform. At the age of 80, he broke a few of his ribs and yet did not stop serving God. He knew what God has called him to do and he did it faithfully with a single eye serving the Lord. He has taught many, including Chuck Shindor, Bruce Wilkinson, David Jeremiah, Tommy Evan and Andy Staley. If you don't know all these godly men, you should get to find out, get, there, get to know them. But what makes a man like Howard Hendricks? 
a man with a spiritual single eye that seek God and focus on what God has called him to do. In his book, Mastering Teaching, he said this, I discovered long ago that my teaching is my spiritual gift. So I spent all my life, all my life fighting to keep people from making me the president, the dean or something. And he added, if you take me out of the classroom, I lost my reason for existence. Our Hendrik is not perfect. He once said this, sin will either keep you from this book, refers to the Bible, or the book will keep you from sin. The son testified in the eulogy that the father lived a life following God wholeheartedly. But there were times that he wrestled you know, with his sinfulness. Each time after is restored by the Lord through repentance and forgiveness, he would return to his study table to study the Word of God so that he could continue to serve God better. Chuck Sundor once shared, there was one night where he was babysitting uh, prof kids and he confessed that you know, he was so curious that he went through some of the papers on the prof desk and found a bank statement. Two things struck him. How much prof has given away and how much or how little, actually how little he was paid to teach. What a man. What a man who lived out what God has called him to do faithfully and sacrificially. So brothers and sisters, what has God called you to do? In the marketplace, an and engineer, um, healthcare work, worker, a doctor or nurse or a banker, a taxi driver, or a housewife at home, as a husband, as a father, as a mother, as a grandmother, as a grandfather, or in church as a leader, what has God called you to do? Be the best in whatever God has called you to do. No comparison. Just do what God has called you to do. Nothing more, nothing less. And then, quick, always come back to these two questions. Asking yourself, what are you seeking after? Is it just the things that God can give you or are you seeking God Himself? Keep company with God. Keep company with God. What are you focusing on? Is your eye single or is it not so healthy? Don't be caught up with what the world can offer and miss the best that God has for you. Don't go for the good things Go for the best. The best comes from God. God has the destiny for all of us as individuals and also as a church, BBTC. But until and unless we fix our eyes on Jesus, we turn our eyes on Jesus, we might miss it. But it's never too late. It's never too late. Start today. Start today. Take some time and ask God to search your hearts. Ask Him to reveal to you what are you seeking after? What are you focusing on? And ask Him to help us so that we might take heed that the light in us is not darkness, but truly light. Let's pray. Just close your eyes, bow your head before the Lord. Take this moment just to ponder upon what God has impressed upon our heart. 
Now, when the Word of God is preached, God desires for us to respond to Him. For those who are on, um, online, you know, perhaps you know, this is your first time you know, watching this, and then you are not a Christian, I want to encourage you, you know, to just come to believe in Jesus. Jesus loves you. So today, if you say, I want to believe in Jesus, just pray this prayer with me. For those who are online, just pray this prayer with me. Dear God Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thanks for dying on the cross for me. Forgive my sin and come into my life to be my Lord and Saviour. Help me to turn away from my sin and turn to you. Turn to you so that you can help me and change me to the person you want me to be. In Jesus' name we pray. For those online, if you have prayed that prayer, talk to any Christians and I'm sure they will be able to help you. For those who are on site and of course those online, just want to pray for you. If today the message you know, from God ministered to you and in your heart, you say, yes God, I want a single eye, I want a simple eye, nothing more, nothing less. I just want you to, I just want to do what you want me to do. If that is you, I want to pray for you so that the light in you will not be darkness but light. If that is you, just raise your hand to God and say, God, that's me. That's me. I want to have a single eye. If that's you, just raise your hand and say, God, that's me. Help me. Help me. You're not responding to me. You're responding to God. Yes, God sees your hand. Just respond to God in humility and say, God, that's me. Give me a single eye. God has a destiny for us. Help us, O oh Lord. Help us. Father, we just want to give thanks to you for our brothers and sisters who have raised their hands, even for myself, Lord. I want to pray that, Lord, that you give us a single eye, a simple eye, a light eye that focuses on you and you alone. Our eye that will turn to you and say, Jesus and Jesus alone is worthy of it all. Help us to live this life that you have given to us, to fulfill the destiny that you have for us, to accomplish the mission that you have for us. So as we walk with you, Lord, help us so that we will know that we know that indeed you're leading us to shine this light for you. Thank you, God. We bless you. Bless us, O Lord. In Jesus' name we pray.